what commonly happens with clients that I do sessions with is we'll clear a trapped emotion around an event involving a particular person and before we finish the session or soon after that person has contact has sent them a message like contacted them and it's not someone that they're regularly in contact with and then when they do talk it's a very different conversation than the norm because we've neutralized the frequency of those emotions for both of them Mm, yeah hello everyone welcome to love sex and leadership through awakened heart podcast with me your host Anna at a breakable here we dive deep into the arts of embodiment masculine and feminine energetics and sacred sexuality to awaken masterful lover we were born to be elevate conscious love on this planet and show up in the world from the deepest part of who we are all right so let's begin <laughs> then um well, Tony, great, great appreciation for you joining my uh, podcast. Um, I'm very happy that you found, found the time to join me. And um, can you please introduce yourself? I think it will be better if you <laughs> tell us a little bit about your journey, how you uh, get on this journey of helping people to release trapped emotions. Um, yeah. Sure. Well, I wasn't always known as the pain magician. I was in business. I actually had a fleet of forklifts on hire all around Brisbane. So I was like the forklift guy for, wow, like 30 years. And, but my journey in healing started with Simon Sinek's Have you heard of Simon? Do you know yeah. Simon below? Yeah. His book, Start With Why. That's where it all started with me. And out of that, the message that I got out of it, clear as crystal, was to be inspired by helping others. But at the time, I didn't know what that meant because I was like forklift guy. So I didn't know what that meant, but it lit a fire in me. It it consumed me. And then I, I, I... don't actually remember how long ago it was that I read that book, 10, 15 years, something like that. And then seven years ago, a good friend who was a a healer, he was a top acupuncturist, he ended up in hospital. And while in hospital, he caught swine flu, he ended up slipping into a coma. And I spent most nights by his bedside for about 30 days until he finally passed over. And when he did, his spirit lit a fire in my belly and the healer in me was born. And then it was just a matter of time. I started, I I took a day out of my business. I rented a room at the local gym. I got trained in doing deep tissue massage. So I was doing hands-on work for people. And then I just became a sponge for anything to do with pain relief. I learnt many other techniques, gua sha and cupping and fascia release and strain, counter strain and all these different things. And then COVID hit and the gym shut and I was left with a Wednesday where I didn't have to go to my business and I was just still a sponge for anything pain relief. 
and because the gym closed, I had no steady stream of clients there. And I watched this random YouTube video of a guy taking away someone's shoulder pain by having them do a leg raise, just like this. And I had a couple of people from the gym that were still able to see me just at my house. And the next person who I knew well and had done quite a few sessions with come to me, said her shoulder was starting to bug her. She could get it to here and it was like, ah, well, I said, you're prepared to try something that I don't know much about. And she's like, yeah, sure. So without knowing anything, I had her do a leg raise, just like what I watched in the video. And then to both of our surprise, her arm goes straight up, no pain. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and I didn't touch her. Everything I'd done up until that point involved me doing some kind of manipulation with somebody. So we're both there like, what the heck just happened? I then searched out this guy. I bought all of his trainings in a heartbeat and he taught me how to take away pain without touching people. And I started doing sessions virtually, just like what we're doing here now on Zoom with people all over the world. And that's how I became known as the pain magician. Mm -hmm. Still a never-ending thirst for all things to remove pain relief, not the traditional medical ways of, you know, pharmaceuticals and, and drugs, but pretty much everything alternate around pain relief. I came across applied kinesiology, and in doing some of that training, I learned of the connection between emotions and physical pain. And it was like a light bulb going off as to why some of my previous clients had pain that would just keep coming back. You know, we would fix it and then they'd be right for a while and then it would come back. And even despite them doing homework, sometimes things weren't long lasting. And it was because we were only fixing the physical problems and we weren't dealing with the emotions that were causing the physical problems. And that's a big part of what normal Western medicine misses out on. It's good with the physical. Well, it's kind of good with the physical. It's actually not that good at all. <laughs> uh, it's good with the chemical, but this whole emotional mindset where everything needs to be in balance is, is what just has me infinitely fascinated at the moment and I'm just amazed to be able to reduce pain with now long-lasting results just by clearing trapped emotions. In an hour session, we'll typically release like five to ten trapped emotions for someone all over video chat, all with people over the world. And it's, it's just landed in a really great place where I just now get to fulfill what started with Simon Sinek to be inspired by the people I help. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> it's always, oh, I believe that our calling is finding us. We can't escape it. And uh, life brings us experiences so that we can set up on the right path. Yeah, wonderful. And um, me personally, I'm a strong believer that underneath every physical pain, or maybe 95% of that is. Uh, emotions it's and that emotion is just the energy which is not moving inside of our bodies like the free flow of energy uh stops 
But can you maybe explain in more details uh, what's happening, how emotions get trapped inside of our bodies, how they got stuck inside of our bodies, what's happening, how we are supposed to release emotions, like when something traumatic is happening, how we are designed to release them so that they don't get stuck, and what then happening if we don't release them. Yeah, actually, I want to, before I do that, I want to address that point that you just brought up about how you believe most pain has an emotional link to it. So obviously, there are injuries, you know, if someone's in a sudden car accident and boof, something hits them, well, you can't really say that that's particularly emotional, right? And it's not an emotional event linked to the pain. But subsequently, their injuries will create emotions because now they're in a state and all these emotions come up around how long am I going to be like this? Is the pain going to get worse over time? Is there going to be light at the end of the tunnel? So no matter whether emotions created the situation, whether you maybe they were in an angry state and the accident happened because of where they were at in their emotions, you know, maybe they weren't fully present with driving a bit of heavy machinery on a road in, the, in their current state that they were in. But certainly emotions can cause accidents and the accidents can also cause emotions as a result of those injuries. So it's always fascinating. Emotions kind of seem to wrap from, they can wrap from both sides, either before or after or during. They, maybe they have a terrible experience in hospital. And there's, <laughs> I'm in countless Facebook groups of operations gone wrong. <laughs> it's sometimes not a good place to be hanging out as far if you want to keep a positive mindset. But emotions get trapped in the body when they're stuffed down or they get put to the side or they're ignored or someone might be just dulling them with drugs or any other recreational things that they're using. Now, that's fine in the moment if they need to do that to get on with life, but quite often they don't circle back and those emotions don't get the proper acknowledgement, they don't get the nurturing and they don't get the processing they need and if an emotion doesn't get processed that's how it gets stuck and it doesn't always take a significant event for an emotion to get stuck it doesn't commonly it is a big thing but it doesn't always have to be a big thing sometimes it can just be you were a child and you didn't understand what was happening at the time with an adult mind so in looking back, you might be like, that was nothing. But as a kid, it can be a really, really significant thing. So it all depends on your, whoops, <laughs> excuse me. It all depends on your vantage point as to looking back or where you are. But emotions simply get stuck when a traumatic event happens and the emotion around it doesn't get processed. Now, the... The thing to understand is when is each emotion has a frequency and when an emotion gets stuck in the body it does two main things one it causes the body to now vibrate at that frequency on a cellular level which makes it easier to feel that emotion over a timeline because you're already there so for me, frustration was one that's been there a lot in my life. So I was always easy to go to the angry box, you know, through frustration. It was like a super highway 
to it. So that's one aspect. You have this emotion trapped in the body. Now you're at that frequency. It's easier to feel it. And then the second big part is because you have got that frequency, that's what I'm now broadcasting to the world. And therefore, I see more of it and I attract more of it. That's, that's, yeah. that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's how uh, like we're saying that we create our own reality and we don't exactly understand how, but this is the way. Like well, what we vibrate, we attract more into our lives. And when people, it seems like some people are addicted to feeling the same things over and over again. And consciously they don't want it, but it's like the drug that they need to feel the same emotions. And this is this is what you expect because this frequency is now living inside of our body at the cellular level. Uh, it's, it's what we are constantly feeling and it's what we are transmitting into the world. Mm, and and it and it it can become their normal, so they're not even aware there's a problem. Yeah, they're yeah. so used to feeling that way that they don't know what it feels like without that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's how many people are living. But even those who become aware, you can be consciously aware of that. And you, lots of people are trying to get rid of something or overcome something mentally, but they don't realize that it's it doesn't work because it's something which is living inside of your body, disrupt emotions. And until you do the work you do or or, or other modalities to release it from the body. Mentally, you can't through your willpower, you can't really release it. And this, I think, it creates even more frustration in people. Like, I, I'm trying to do the work. I don't want to feel it anymore. Anger or guilt or shame. But it seems like I keep on coming to feeling the same over and over again. Yeah. The, the subconscious knows what it needs to balance. We, we may not know that consciously. So if you're, if you're taking the approach that you want to release your emotional mag baggage in a DIY situation, like I want to do this to myself, your subconscious knows that you're not experienced. It doesn't actually trust you with the release. Mm -hmm. It's only going to give you like easy stuff. It's, it's, and, and if you're successful with the easy stuff, then it might give you something a little bit more to chew on. And I even find this when I'm with clients, we still need to build trust. The, the sub, bare subconscious needs to know that it's in safe hands quite often before it will offer up the really big stuff. Yeah. 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 And I believe it's as well um, because it's a, we, we don't know what's there, right? And why it's sometimes beneficial for subconscious mind to keep certain things and not release it. And if there is a program for that, I was, I was studying with a teacher, Dr. C. Morton, and she was explaining the situation when a woman in the hospital, when she was pregnant, she got, um, she felt, and then she ended up being uh, in bed for, I don't know, one or two years. And oh, no. that was helping her, and yep. uh, she, she she started um, a procedure with uh, with a hospital, right? She uh, and, and uh, the thing was at the end because the program was if I get well, 
then I will not punish the hospital. She couldn't get well. So it was a program which was living at her subconscious mind level that she needed to stay in bed in order to punish the doctors and the hospital. So it's like, it can't be this thing, this program which is living there. And that's why subconscious can't release it. it it's what you mentioned, maybe it does not trust us, right? And we need to give a message to subconscious mind that you're well now. Yeah. Even doing sessions with clients, I'm staggered. For instance, one client's son was taken hostage at knife point and she'd forgotten about it. Yeah. She hadn't thought of that in over 20 years. So how do you release emotional baggage yourself when you can't even remember what the thing was? <laughs> <laughs> and and it staggers me that the conscious mind is able to put the filter on so that in order to get on with living she was able to forget that that trauma yeah. like how yeah. powerful is our mind that you can forget that somebody had a knife and kidnapped your son yeah yeah like in it just blows my mind. And that's just that's just one example. It's probably the most extreme one I've had, but things that people forget that I'm sometimes, you know, as a therapist, I'm sitting there going, wow, how could you ever forget that? <laughs> and, and that's that's part of what makes this just infinitely fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe this is how uh, how our uh, body, our system is designed because we need to keep on going with life. And maybe it was so intense for her system at that moment, so much terror and fear that it's just goes to subconscious and you need to forget about that because it was too much. It's like a protection mechanisms of the, of our system as well. Yeah. And yeah. And some, and sometimes I'm not allowed to release an emotion because that trapped emotion is actually serving them in life right now. Yeah, okay. So I always check. I always ask. I go, is there a trapped emotion we can release now? We get a yes or a no. Mm -hmm. And then can we release it now? And it's either a yes or a no. And if it's a no, then somehow that trapped emotion is actually serving them with whatever they've got going on right now. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it can't be released. It just means it can't be released in that moment, in that oh. session, on that day, at that time. Now, this is very interesting, yeah. And do you have a lot of this nose when you work with people like you can't release it right now? Does it happen yeah. often? Yeah. Uh, I, things tend to move in trends. It's, it's like I'll have one week where there's a whole bunch of clients and, and they get a similar theme. And yeah, so far this week, it's, it's been we can't release it. We can't release it today. Mm -hmm. But when we, at the end of the session, we check how many days it's going to take to process the trapped emotions. And in all of them, when that time's over, which for both of them was two days, in two days, we were able to release the trapped emotion that we couldn't release two days prior because their subconscious has been working away on the other things and processing the other trapped emotions. And when that processing time was complete, subconscious was like, all right, I can deal with that now. Yeah. 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 So that was that was yesterday and today in, in uh, clearing out two people's heart walls, which which uh, we'll get into. That's also interesting, and uh, the trapped emotions as well. We cleared everything out, so it's like party time. It's um, so celebration when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Our system is so intelligent. Our body is so intelligent. 
I really believe our body possesses incredible intelligence, greater than our mind, by the way. <laughs> this is yeah. 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 It it knows what it needs to balance on a subconscious level. Consciously we don't know it. Subconsciously do we do. I use muscle testing to tap into the subconscious and we get amazing results. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. And we yeah, we bring up things that people haven't thought of in twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so lots of our emotions can be there for many, many years. And uh, lots of stuff we get from our childhood. Maybe we can um, a little bit talk about that. Why as kids, even if it's an insignificant event, uh, it can have a very big impact on our entire lives right so and why so much stuff is coming from our childhood what's on your point of view on that one the the subconscious it it knows what we need to balance and it's not necessarily the childhood was the biggest aspect or most important like logically i can kind of tag things and go oh that seemed pretty big that seemed pretty important but the truth is trapped emotions are frequencies in the body those frequencies cause imbalances which affect our quality of life and they affect our health so any imbalance no matter how big or how small is affecting our health so to me, I don't think any one is more important than the other. I think what is important is that the subconscious knows what it needs in order to heal. It knows in what order the emotions need to be released. It's very much like peeling off the layers of an onion. It knows the order that it needs to be done in. A lot of childhood things is simply there's a child brain and we don't have that wisdom that comes with age and experience. And so we process things very differently and can quite often turn something very small into a mountain, you know, a molehill into a mountain where as an adult, it doesn't seem like anything significant, but at the time it was. And if it's not processed, it creates just as big a problem as <laughs> having your son kidnapped at knife point <laughs> to, for, to the subconscious it doesn't really matter it doesn't take any more work to clear a big event than it does a little one it's the same process that takes seconds and it's to me it doesn't matter whether it's a big thing or not what matters is that it's creating an imbalance in the body and any imbalance is of affecting the health and quality of life so to me i don't care too much about where it came from or where it was formed just can we neutralize it because that's the that's the goal it doesn't matter what we dig up and what we find at the end of the day what we're doing is neutralizing the emotion mm -hmm. so so long as we're neutralizing the emotion whatever we need to do in order to do that that's that's the goal so it doesn't matter how big or how small what's important to me is can we can we eliminate it? Can we neutralize it? Not just for the client, but for everyone else involved in that event. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it's amazing what you mentioned 
the last sentence, everyone involved. And uh, then it's coming my next question. And uh, I'm a strong believer that not everything is coming from our own lifetime. Like from the moment that we are born, loads of stuff we get from our previous generation, from our grandmothers. Um, from our other lifetimes, if uh, you believe in that, if people believe in that, right? And yep. uh, sometimes there is this belief that when we release some trapped emotions from ourselves, it gets released from everybody involved, from the previous generations, right? From yes, from, the, <laughs> from other spirits, so and souls. So, um, what do you think about that? Do you? Do you believe that some of the stuff we get inherit from our grandmothers and grandfathers? And do you help people to release this kind of trapped emotions as well? Yes, yes. Emotions can come from other people. They can be inherited. They can be absorbed. They can be shared. So shared is if a whole bunch of people at once experienced a tsunami. Mm -hmm. That would be a lot of people in the same area you know, like a household, all experiencing the same event, that can create a trapped emotion because that's a major trauma. Uh, <clears throat> absorbed can be from somebody significant in your life that you have a very close connection to. You can take on some of their burden. I also believe just Wi-Fi can have an effect on your own emotions as well, just picking up signals from, from other people as well. They're less likely to get trapped, though. I don't think they're as intense and as strong as a belief that you form in yourself or something that's absorbed or shared from other people. Inherited is one that really blew me away when I first learnt about it. And then soon after that, one of my clients was able to actually confirm that she'd inherited a trapped emotion from her mother during the third trimester of the pregnancy. She actually phoned her mum during our session <laughs> and said, mum, what's, what's this about? Da -da 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 -da. And her mum confirmed it. Her mum, they, they, they were speaking in another language. And so I couldn't hear, but I could pick up a word here and there. And then she hangs up, 30-second phone call with her mum. They, they talk often. And so she was able to just ring her up and go, what's this about in the third trimester pregnancy, you know, is what I got. And she hangs up the phone. And she goes, yep, you're right. You're spot on accurate. Mum, mum said that that was just the most miserable time of her life when we had to live with the sister-in-law. <laughs> so that was one that was one generation uh i've had inherited emotions go back two generations uh they've both been on the mother's side i've heard of in in this system i've heard testimonials of people that have gone back more than 20 generations and wow. yeah. for for the clients that's happened with me just speaking from my experience it is a, a huge relief when they learn that an emotion that they've been experiencing, but they can't work out when it formed or when it happened, all they know is that it, they've always felt this way for as long as they can remember. And it's a huge relief when they learn that it come from mum or dad or dad's dad or mum's mum. It's a huge relief that they didn't actually create that emotion yeah yeah it's it's really amazing stuff yes yeah and, and then 
and then what you said before, the beauty is when we release it for the, the client, it also releases it for everybody else involved. Whether they've passed over or whether they're alive, it doesn't matter. They're all part of the energy field. And the there are there's there's been people in audience of the system that I use, which is called the body code, where in seminars they've done clearings with people and other participants are people that can tune in and see the spirits. And they confirm that when they clear trapped emotions that's been inherited from previous generations, those previous generations show up for the clearing. Yeah. And then they go on their merry way because they're, they're now in that energy field. So they understand the importance of that event. They're there for it and then go on their merry ways. So, but what, um, what commonly happens with clients that I do sessions with is we'll clear a trapped emotion around an event involving a particular person. And before we finish the session or soon after, that person has contact has sent them a message like contacted them and it's not someone that they're regularly in contact with and then when they do talk it's a very different conversation than the norm because we've neutralized the frequency of those emotions for both of them Mm, yeah yeah it's amazing i have experienced that in my practice as well it's like all of a sudden you receive messages uh, from people. You maybe had a conflict before or something that did not end up well in your relationship. And as you release this uh, from the shared energy field, then something changes in your relationship. Maybe you haven't spoken to this person for a year, but yeah, yep. some, something is happening. And I really believe that we are sharing this uh, uh, energy field, right? And we are all entangled. And if something is getting off from you, is getting off from another person as well. And uh, um, it's a principle of uh, a power work with people as well. It's like uh, don't walk on them, walk on yourself. When you shift your energy, when something gets released from you, your relationship automatically is shifting, right? And what we are trying to do always is just to to try to change the external world, to manage the external world without doing something on uh, on ourselves and our own bodies. Yeah. Oh, something else while we were sharing, I wanted to to to, to mention about. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's as well as creates lots of liberation for people. And I have heard that the grandchildren um, of, of grandparents who were the war, like the survivors of the Holocaust. So these are the people who don't understand like why have this emotional imbalances, why I have depression, why I have these symptoms of PTSD. Also maybe nothing happened in my own life and it creates lots of liberation for this kind of people when they realize it's not coming from me. <laughs> it's something which is coming from the previous generation and there is a way to, to release it. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, what you mentioned, it's about that we share emotions. And I think it's, uh, especially for the people who are very sensitive to other people's energies, right? I know for, for myself, for example, I'm very sensitive and I can be and something is happening and then I feel these emotions and I, I don't, I, before I couldn't understand like why it impacted me so much, why... 
uh, I observe all this negativity and um, uh, how then to release all this, right? And as well, um, it's or, or remember to or remember to set a bubble in future, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you learn, you pick up some skills along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And what I want to mention as well, because it's it's my topic. It's like our uh, lovers, our sexual partners, with who we we are picking up the energy so much, and we don't even realize it. And then we need to be we are picking up their karma, their trauma, and we need to be very careful as well, like to, to look at the person and to realize, to be very conscious what I can get from another person. Lots of people don't realize it, but but it's the same. It, it this energy field that we are sharing and the energy field that we're exchanging with each other. Yeah. Wonderful. So my uh, next question was uh, about in your practice, uh, what are the most common emotions that get stuck? Also, I believe it's very, very diverse, but maybe you can talk about the difference between men and women, because in our culture, there is this uh, still, especially before it was about, oh, men are not supposed to feel emotions. Uh, and um, the main emotion for men was anger, right? So this believe that there is anger and not lots of other emotions. Also, it's so much changing right now. But in your own practice, is there a difference between men and women when you work with them? I tend to attract way more women than men just as clients. I've... I'm like 95% of the sessions that I do will be with women. So most of my experience is with women. I actually don't have much of a comparison for the for the guys. Uh, I don't I don't see anything that stands out. I if if I was to look back at which emotions were cleared it's not gender specific it's it's event specific it, de it depends on what they've been through in in their life but the most common one the most common emotions again quite often there's themes from week to week i might have a whole week of a particular trapped emotion just comes up for like everybody and and that can change but overall if i look at all the sessions there's about there's about eight or so that would be like the most common so th these are in no particular order with lack of control so lack of control can be split up into lack of control over the self your own self-control or lack of control over circumstances now, obviously, we can't change circumstances, but how you feel about the circumstances that are happening can cause the emotion of lack of control to get trapped in the body. It can set up that trapped emotion. So, lack of control is a, is a pretty big one. Uh, crying is a big one. So, the trapped emotion of crying, and that's common in mostly when people were children and they might have had a parent that told them that it wasn't okay to express their grief through crying that sets up a perfect situation for an emotion to get trapped because it's not allowed to be processed and it's not allowed to be relieved 
that was that was a theme for a week where I had everybody and and the situation around it was even the same. It was a situation where the mother had died, dad's not dealing with it, he's angry as anything, and he's taken it out on the kids by not allowing them to cry, burnt all the clothes, thrown out every picture of her like she never existed, and the kids are meant to just forget about it and not not mention her ever again. That that went for like a whole week. It was just amazing how that came along. Uh, and then just generally for people, discouragement is pretty common, effort unreceived. So no matter, despite their best efforts, no matter what they do, it's, it's not recognized or acknowledged. Helplessness, hopelessness, low self-esteem, worthless. They're, they're the main, the main common ones, not necessarily any important than any of the other emotions they just tend to come up more overall if i was to write down all the different emotions and which ones come up it's kind of a tally those those eight are usually there in in sessions for people okay all right interesting and it's interesting what you mentioned that you're attracting 95 percent of women because I don't know if it's related to that or not, but I think it's for women, it's still it's easier to ask for this kind of support. Of course, it's like maybe there is still this little bit of uh, something going on collectively that, yeah, for men, feeling emotions is, uh, is uh, I don't know, they're not supposed to feel so much or um, they're not supposed to deal with these kind of things. And it's a big, it's a pity right? It's, uh, we are all the same and we all have the trapped emotions. And just for the listeners that, yeah, it's, uh, everybody has their inner feminine, their feeling body, and we are all here to, to feel and to ask for support to, to release and to live a completely different life. And yeah, there is support available <laughs> for well, all men and women. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 I'm an Aussie, I'm an Australian and I don't resonate with most other Aussie blokes. They're usually beer drinking, rugby watching, talk about their cars kind of guys. And, you know, to talk to them about emotions is, is <laughs> I'm not even around them to talk to it kind of thing. And uh, I, I like to go deep. You know, I like to go deep with who I am. And so the, the male friends that I have are able to talk about bigger things, spirituality, emotions, and those kind of concepts without getting upset or getting triggered. Yeah. You know, so they're the kind of people I have around me, but generally, yeah, I don't associate with like the normal Aussie, Aussie bloke. Not that I can't blend into that situation. I can sort of be a chameleon in, in a social setting, but it's not who I choose to like spend quality time with. Yeah. 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 yeah, but the the um the the guys that I have done sessions with, even actually before I was doing the emotional work, when I was doing physical pain relief with people over Zoom, it was again 
still the same kind of percentage. Most of my clients were women. And when it was the guys, it was normally the wife forcing her husband to come along because she'd had such a great result. That's, that's normally how it worked. And I'd be doing the two of them at once on the, on the session. Like they'd come as a couple, which was, which was cool. Uh, but the guy would have never done it off his own bat on his own. Most, most Aussie blokes are like too proud. They don't, they don't want to admit they've got problems or pain. Yes. Yeah, I think this. You can lump you can lump them together. No, most most Aussie blokes don't want to admit they've got a problem in any shape or form. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, but um, fortunately, it's changing as well. The trend, I believe, in the world of creating more men group, men's group, and for men to uh, yeah to share their emotions in more safe space. And fortunately, there are healers like you are and uh yeah <laughs> which may be appealing yeah yeah <laughs> well your 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 podcast is is helping that the the more the message is there the more the conversation is there the more it reaches the the right ears yes yeah yeah that's why we're here to serve the humanity <laughs> yeah uh and um my next question is about um, the walls around the heart. You mentioned it a little bit. And uh, uh, yes. how do you believe the walls around the heart and uh, trapped emotions are impact our ability to create intimacy and connection with another person? All right. So trapped emotions can lodge anywhere in the body. They often form around the heart as a means of protection and we call this a heart wall and nine out of ten people have a heart wall mm. and a heart wall is usually about five to 25 somewhere in that range trapped emotions thick and during a session we'll typically release about five and ten emotions so to release a heart wall typically takes about three or four hours so about three or four sessions is pretty common for for heart walls I have heard of extreme cases over a thousand. I personally haven't. I had someone that I thought was going to be like 600 and it wasn't, it was like 24. <laughs> we thought she was going to be a super duper tricky one. Uh, but when we got to the core and interesting, the very last level to come off for many people is shame. Mm. And shame is actually the lowest frequency of all the emotions yeah. and even if on a timeline you didn't experience shame early in your life because it's that lower frequency it tends to find its way down through all the layers and end up at the very core at, at the very at the very center and it, the the impact the impact on daily living for someone with a heart wall is that quite often they feel really detached from things like they're not fully experiencing. They sort of feel like they're on the outside and that wall, it, it works like a physical barrier. It stops good things from getting in, but it also stops the goodness in you getting out. And when I clear people's heart walls and any other trapped emotions in, lodged in their bodies, 
they feel lighter, they feel more calm. It's like a big reset. They get to fully experience life for all that it has to offer. And they also don't get triggered like they used to. Yeah. And and when it comes to to manifesting, emotions have a frequency and your body takes on that frequency and broadcasts it. So let's say you're experiencing this shame, which is that lowest vibration of all. That's what you feel. And because you're feeling that, that's what you're going to attract. And you simply can't attract the higher frequencies when you're operating cellularly at another. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. it, it, it's, just, it's just how it works. <laughs> you got to... Yeah, you can't you can't move up while well, you got this run in the show. Yeah, then you can uh, consciously wish for it and create goals, but nothing will work until you release something which is stopping you from rising higher. From yeah, because because it's just temporary with willpower, and that only lasts so long. The, the willpower is finite; it's not always there. And yeah, if you've got this base cellular frequency running, it doesn't matter what you try and put on top of it, that's that's there. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And can you briefly uh, explain how you work with people at your sessions? Maybe give some something like few insights on how you work with them, like how, how your session is going, how you help them to find and to release trapped emotions sure first thing i only do sessions where like the doors open so somebody's already interested in what i'm doing i don't try and force what i'm doing onto someone that just doesn't believe that it what will work for them um I'm, I'm not interested in in working with people with dis that that disbelieve the very practice of what i'm doing or they think it's demonic uh you know i i'm not going to entertain that conversation because their thinking alone is just going to impede the whole session and and the whole healing and even if it did worked because it goes against their beliefs it's not going to work that's just how it goes. So, first of all, people have got to be interested in what I do before I even want to meet with them. And when I do meet with somebody, I'm not signing them up and asking to take their money for a session straight away. I just want to have a 15-minute chat to see if we are on the same page and whether we think we can work together and help each other. I get inspired by the people I help. And part of that is I get energized just by meeting new people. So I love a 15 minute chat with a stranger. I don't have any of those beliefs about don't talk to strangers, which my mum told me, you know, as a child. Yeah. And as an adult, I realized that doesn't serve me because the very next person I meet, whether it's in line waiting at a store, that person can change my life. Because it's happened. I, I have that in my experience it's happened i've met someone and and now we're together you know like it's and before that they were a stranger so i am so keen just to meet someone so if anyone's listening to this podcast and they want to know more jump on my website there's like a let's chat button schedule in a session and who knows who knows where it can go 
maybe I can help you, maybe I can't, maybe I know someone that can help you, or maybe we both know people that need to connect. You know, either way, it's uh, I, I'm always excited just to meet and make new friends all over this magnificent world. We have this technology that's just incredible. Um, so a session with me will, first of all, we start with a moment of silence where we invite in just universal love and guidance for our session. Also as a bit of a caveat in case I truly get stuck and I need, I need that, that divine intelligence to put something in my head to know what to, where to go next. Because sometimes I get some real curveballs. You know, many times things kind of follow a system, but sometimes I get something where, well, I had one the other day. <clears throat> we were stuck on who this female friend was at a certain age. And we couldn't release the emotion because we weren't able to acknowledge for the subconscious who this female friend was. Now, I didn't need to know the name, but the person needed to know it in their in their own mind's eye, like a little video. This is, this is not talk therapy or psychotherapy where I need to know the details. So, all I know is that it's a female friend at a certain age and it was around this life area of emotional health. <clears throat> General. That's all I need to know. Usually that's enough for the subconscious to offer up in the mind's eye what the person needs to clear or balance. Mm -hmm. that, so they know what's important is they know what it is, not me. But once they know, I'm using muscle testing to check on their behalf. So I'm muscle, I connect to them energetically and I, for a yes, this stays strong and for a no, it passes through. So we'll then check. Is this the event that the trapped emotion is around? It's either a yes or a no. So we get confirmation. Then we check, can we clear this emotion? It's either a yes or no. Usually it's a yes. Can we clear it? Now that we can clear it, I run them through how to clear it. And we have meridians in our body that are responsible for distributing the energy in our body. We have one called the governing meridian. Runs from the center of the top gum, up the nose, up the center of the head, down the back of the head, and down the spine. And that's the way it flows from, uh, from the spine forwards, comes forwards to the lip. That's the way it goes. Now, this meridian is like king of all the meridians because it distributes the energy between all the others. So when you're eating food, it sends energy to the digestion. When you've got to run, it takes it from the digestion, sends it to the muscles. So it's regulating energy in the body. Once we identify a trapped emotion, and we may need to find out some basic information around it, how old they were, who it involved, a life area, sometimes where it's located in the body, rarely, that's usually enough information for it to come up in their mind's eye of an event or a couple of events. If it's a few events, we just test. So I asked them to give me a word to represent each event. Was it that one? Yep. Was it that one? No. Was it that one? No. All right. It's this one. Now we can clear it. How many swipes of the governing meridian do we need to do to clear it? Commonly, it's three for an emotion that they created. It's 
the default is 10 if it's an emotion that they inherited, absorbed or shared, like if it came external to them. But we, but I always check on why it's like three because it's not always three. Sometimes it's four, sometimes it's five, but commonly it's three. So we check, can we release it? And then all they do is swipe that meridian backwards, boom, boom, and it neutralizes the emotion. It's like formatting the computer. It's that easy to do the release. And then we check, did we release that emotion? It's either a yes or a no. Most of the time it's a yes. Uh, very rarely it's a no, actually. But if it's a no, it usually means we need to dig up a little bit more around who it was. There might be some uncertainty in their mind before the subconscious goes, yep, that's what we're dealing with. Mm. So we find that and then we check and then we go, is there any more trapped emotions? Yeah, it's either a yes or a no. And then uh, when we get to a point where we might have released, say, eight or nine or ten emotions, we'll get to a point where I ask, is there another trapped emotion we can clear right now? It's either a yes or a no. When it's a no, we're done for that session. Mm. The, the body's got enough on its plate to process in fact, it's already started the processing from the very first emotion that we cleared. So quite often people will get sleepy during a session just because it's taking energy to already do the processing work. And, and then we check how many days to process these emotions that we released. Commonly it's between one to three days. And then we meet again and we go through the same process. And then before we sign off at the end of the session, I have to disconnect from them energetically. I always ask permission at the beginning of the session before I do connect. And we make sure to run that governing meridian in the correct way from all the swiping in the wrong direction. And that's, that, that, that's how it goes. It's so simple. I've never found any kind of therapy that works without needing to know all the details and able to clear in seconds. Yeah. And I've had many clients that have said, I've done therapy for years around this thing mm -hmm. and I've never felt like it was fully dealt with until now. Mm. Yeah. And we didn't even like talk about it. We just, because a trapped emotion in the body, it never got properly acknowledged and it never was proper properly supported and nurtured and therefore it wasn't properly processed so the whole process works by bringing up an emotion which quite often will create a physical response in a person they might feel tingling they might feel pain in an area of their body and then we identify some of the events around it sometimes we don't need to know with each little bit of information i'm always checking do we need to identify any more about this trapped emotion in order to release it now if it's a yes then i'll ask another question if it's a no then we just release it sometimes you don't need to know any more than the emotion sometimes that's enough but quite often we need to know a little bit more we release it i'll use if they've had pain i usually have to ask them i'm like how's that sciatica now and they're like oh yeah, no, that's fine now. It's gone. <laughs> it's like when we bring up the emotion, they get this physical pain. And then I have to remember to check in with them. How's that going? And quite often it's, it's, it's gone as soon as we did the clearing.
Yeah. And is it normal for after this kind of session to have symptoms, like you mentioned, tiredness, but what, what else yeah. is possible? Yeah. Yeah, so there's always there's there's good and bad to everything, right? There's two there's two sides to to everything. So the the good is people often feel lighter, more calm, uh, like a big reset. The downside is it takes energy to process. So quite often the next day I'll have them messaging me with abuse saying I you've killed my productivity. I haven't been able to do anything all day <laughs> other than sleep. <laughs> But then on the second day, they're messaging saying, doesn't matter anymore, I got twice as much done today. <laughs> so it's all just part of the processing. Now, some people sail through. Some people, it's, it's like nothing. And some people get the lightness, they get the calm, they get this big reset. Some people, a certain percentage, they lose energy. They can also get irritable they can be a little bit more sensitive uh, vivid dreams where they don't especially with people that don't normally remember their dreams all of a sudden they get vivid dreams around events and particular people that we brought up in the session and this is all just part of the processing so we check at the end of the session how many days to process and during this processing time their body's getting used to a new normal They've been stuck with a frequency in their body. And when that frequency is no longer there, there's like echoes of the past for this days during the processing. So they can experience these emotions while it's all being processed during that processing time. At the end of the processing time, I've had a very small percentage of people where they might be just super angry or the husband's wondering who this demon is that suddenly moved into the house. And that is a sign that there is more to clear. There's more subconscious stuff coming up that needs to be dealt with. And we just stick with what the subconscious knows because the subconscious said two days to process. So when they experience this angry, we still do the session and every time, when we've done the session, all those feelings have gone. Mm, They're better off. We've now cleared out a whole lot more emotions and we're on to the next lot. And, but the, and then when we do fully clear everything, not to say that they can't accumulate it in the future, but they're less likely to than before because we've neutralized an emotion. So it's less likely for it to attract it and receive it but when we clear everything out it is experiencing life very differently because it's like a veil's being lifted especially when we're talking about a heart wall because that's been blocking good stuff both ways can't get out can't get in so when this veil gets lifted all of a sudden they're exposed and now it's like a new way of relating to people Mm -hmm. it's it's yeah. it's new they're actually experiencing the richness of life instead of feeling detached so they're now fully in it and they're fully immersed and that can create a a sense of vulnerability in a in a person so it's um that's 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 the highs and the lows of 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 what i do 
uh, the the benefits are are off the chart in how it frees people and all of a sudden they're now out of alignment with a lot of friends that used to keep them stuck with where they are and they're now attracting all sorts of love and uh, new relationships. It's, it's beautiful to see that shift happen and even love for themselves is a really big one. You know, a client messaged me yesterday how she was just able to sit for herself in silence for a couple of hours actually and just cry and just process some of the, the things that we had, had dealt with. Yeah. But yeah. Just, just beautiful and not, not something that she normally would do. So it was just beautiful to see that shift in somebody that's able to now fully fully experience mm, yeah yeah amazing yeah but in my own practice from my own experience it's, i believe it's when something was trapped very often the emotion can intensify it's like when you're removing a thorn it can be painful and for a period of time when the body is processing it, the emotion can, sadness can intensify or, or I don't know, anger can intensify and it's just normal. And it's like everything that we can witness and just look at it and watch it, it will go away. And it's just, yeah. you need to be aware of that. Yeah, and as well, um, what I was doing, another type of work, but again, around releasing the past, it was my sensitivity increased and in the beginning it was too much i was feeling everything so intensely and it's like, wow it's too much to become more vulnerable but yeah then you learn to to live with that <laughs> yeah yeah i i know i i'm not sure when i formed this but i like to and this wasn't wasn't something taught to me. It was something I realized in a, a book that a therapist had me read, and it was to do with the moon. And, and in fact, it was, uh, it was called, oh, no, I'll muck up the title. But it was how women's menstrual cycle used to be in tune with the moon in days when people actually notice of the moon and more lived under the sky than under a roof and but what the book made me realize is everything moves in cycles and at the time i was going through emotional stuff where i was like frozen in my hallway knowing that i had work that i needed to do but i couldn't even move and I knew there was, I knew that there was something up. <laughs> I needed to do some emotional work. And this book came along. And I think of emotions like the moon cycle. So when an emotion is born and we have this new moon, it intensifies in size, strength, and brightness. It gets to a full maturity and then it wanes. It, it, dies off and that emotion then experiences a death and what happens we get a new moon we get a new emotion and it follows the same cycle and intensifies gets to full maturity starts to dissipate and then we get another emotion right off the back of it so there's this constant cycle of emotions 
just going all the time. So for me in that moment, stuck frozen in the hallway, just knowing that the emotion that I'm experiencing right now is just part of a cycle and there'll be a point when it starts to die off and then I can be in expectation of what else do I have to deal with coming after that? (laughs) (laughs) But that really helped me, just understanding that everything has a cycle, emotions have a birth, maturity, death cycle as well. And if you're stuck in something very emotional right at the moment, understand that it is part of a cycle and it won't always be that way. Yes, yeah, it's a beautiful <laughs> realization. And I think it's um, we are here to, to feel everything, every emotion. Every emotions are serving us and it's a big uh, disillusion or when we think like, okay, now I have released all the trapped emotion, I will never feel anger again or think sadness again. <laughs> you will. <laughs> it's part of your human experience. It's just the, the uh, if we allow them to move freely through the body and without uh, closing the heart, because what we tend to to do is to constrict our bodies and not allow these emotions to be to be released. Right, and they yep. get stuck in different parts. A lot of them get stuck in, in the heart, and then it becomes a problem. But uh, we will continue experiencing everything, and it's just it's just how we uh, how we respond to what we are feeling. If we allow just them to what you mentioned to 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 mature, then to to leave our our bodies, then yeah, then we are free. This is how we can. Uh, live through all those uh, cycles but there's there's uh another part that helped me was increasing my emotional vocabulary so previously if you'd asked me how i was feeling it would be those very gross emotions anger happy sad that's about all frustrated that's about all i had I had about four different emotions because that's really all I was using in my vocabulary. So when you increase your emotional vocab, actually what I did, um, I'm going to do show and tell with you. I'll just put the headphones down for a sec and I might destroy the green screen illusion behind me for a second, but I've got to grab something and show you. When I was stuck in the hallway, I created the, f- the feelings jar. Mm-hmm. And I, I, many years before, I'd learned about this thing called the circle or the wheel of emotions. Okay. So in the middle, we have the very gross emotions, like what I was saying. So there's anger, disgust, sad, happy, surprise, fear. Cho- choose one, Anna. It could be any, and the reason doesn't matter. You chose fear? Yes. Okay, so they're in the center, these gross emotions. So when we go to fear, we then move out a ring on the circle, and fear is broken up into humiliated, rejected, submissive, insecure, anxious, or scared. Any of those stand out to you? Scared. 
scared. So when we choose scared, we then go out to the last ring and it breaks scared down into frightened or terrified. Mm. So choose one of those. Terrified. Terrified. So we've now gone from a very gross emotion of fear, increased our emotional vocabulary and identified that we're actually frightened. It's not just fear, it's frightened. It's a more apt word to describe the state of being. Mm -hmm. So then I would write that down on a slip of paper, pop it into the jar, and I actually haven't used this in a while, so I'm surprised to see them in here. And I would create a ceremony on the either the new moon or the full moon, and I would take these outside, make a little ceremony, and burn those suckers. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like ceremonies. <laughs> I will have ceremonies, yeah. <laughs> And then uh, after a while, I realized that I was kind of really focusing on the negative emotions. So I started to use the jar for the happy quadrant. And, and so when I was feeling good, I would also make a note to write that down and put them in the jar. And I noticed over a period of time that there were certain emotions that I was feeling mm -hmm. often. And then subsequently, when I learned about this technique, I was able to release those trapped emotions and I don't need to use the jar anymore. Yeah. 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 But it was, uh, I don't think it'll be anything I ever throw out unless I move into living in a van or a tiny house or something. But for now, it's uh, it helped me through a very difficult period in my life. But knowing what I know now, I sort of didn't have to play those games. The, the technique that I do is way faster, way less work, way less worry, and it, the results are instant. Yeah. Yes. But still, if it helps someone out there, create your own feeling jar and run with it. <laughs> yeah, it can be a first step <laughs> to work with your emotions. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing stuff. Um, and my last question for you would be, um, you met, we, we were talking about the trapped emotions, which already inside of the body got trapped. But as we mentioned, like we are experiencing throughout the day, we can experience this different kind of uh, emotions, right? Something's happening. And uh, what are your favorite practices to um, to feel more light on daily basis, right? To release them on the spot. What I'm talking here, it's maybe movement or meditation apart from, from what you're doing. Okay, so I've I've cleared my heart. Well, actually, I can check now. I have a heart. Do I have a heart wheel? No. Do I have trapped emotions? No. All right, I'm good. I check every few days because I've cleared mine, but I know that I can accumulate them at any time. It's not something that you're going to feel that sensation in your ball. Maybe it is. Maybe I could tune into it. But um, I check every few days, do I have trapped emotions? So the first thing is you've, you've got to get clear because if you're not clear, you're at that frequency and it makes it easy for you to feel that more often and you're going to attract more of it and you can't avoid like getting more stuff on top of that because that's the frequency that you're at. So the, the first thing is you've got to get clear. 
in in order to then be able to set up a daily practice where for me making myself number one in the morning is priority so when i rise in the morning you know people talk about a morning routine now a morning routine can be taken as a as a bit of a crutch uh, but the way I think of it is that a morning routine is like an old style uh, amplifier on an old home stereo system and it's got the slides that move up and down and you can change the sound. So I think about as I move through daily life, I think about events of putting those sliders all out of whack. Mm-hmm. And each morning I get to reset it to zero. I get to neutralize it all out. So that's that's the that's the way I conceptualize it and, and see that in my mind's eye. That the things I'm doing are balancing me out across the board. So when I rise in the morning, generally I need to go to the bathroom first thing. I scrape my tongue. There's toxins on the tongue that accumulate there. So I'm a tongue, I'm a tongue tongue scraper. I have a big glug of filtered water that's been sitting for at least 48 hours in a glass bottles that each have like love, abundance, joy written on them. Uh, So I drink that water with intention that I'm filling my body with exactly what it needs. I then will shower. I have not looked at any electronic devices. I don't even speak with, uh, I'll speak with my partner up until the point when I have a shower, which I'm about to do. Uh, But as soon as I have a shower, I've now cleansed off the energy of the, the night and anything to do with the bedroom so I don't go back in and make the bed or anything like that. I cleanse my body, I wash my body, and then I have a dedicated room in our house, which is our healing room, and I will go in there and I activate points on my body. They're, uh, think of it as acupressure. So I activate the meridians in my body. I trace the meridians in my body. I get my body fired up, ready for the day. I go through some very gentle somatic movements, laying down on my front and doing various lifts. So I basically get everything in my body moving. At the same time, I'm also getting the wiggles out. And now I'm going to light three candles for me my friends, any enemies that I don't know about. So lighting candles for, for, the, for the world. And I'll sit down and I'll meditate. Now I have various meditations. I'm not one for sitting there, focusing on the breath, letting thoughts come and go like clouds. I do a very active meditation and I will vary it. Uh, sometimes I'll just do chanting where I'm saying a mantra, counting off on beads and treating my body as an instrument and creating a frequency in my whole body so that I attract that frequency. So that's one method. The other one is my very active guided meditation where I go into what I call my soul space and it's a uh, well, 
whatever the room looks like you can create but mine is a underground big domed stone room in the center of that room is a crystal throne which represents the very center of me when i sit in it so i'm centered in my soul space off in this soul space i have a, f a few things there's a, a hearth a fireplace there's a, a creation station which is where i write and and draw things but there's three really important rooms there's another two rooms but i just want to talk about three so one room coming off this is called my healing room so i go in there and i charge up my body i activate all the chakras in my body i colored lights flames all sorts of things working on my body to charge up my body then i go into another room which is my manifestation room in my manifestation room there's a holographic image of the earth and i bring in anyone i'm going to meet this day and people that have passed over that i want to help me as my guides and the energy that i just stored up in the healing room collectively we now send that out to the earth so charge up the body send that energy out then i have another room called the magic and miracles room and in this room i appear on stage i actually used to do magic which is sort of where pain magician came from and i i'm on stage there's an audience i can't see their faces they're all backlit so they're all silhouettes and when that curtain opens somebody in the crowd will yell out something or there's a word projected on the back uh the the back wall and so the process is in the healing room charge up the body in the manifestation room send that energy out in the magic and miracles room wait for the message now when i say wait for the message it's not very long as soon as that curtain opens either the words there or someone shouts it out so i've created an opening in my mind for a message for the universe to come through and when it comes through in that instant i know it's for me because quite often during the day when inspiration hits i'll find myself arguing with it mm. because i didn't because i didn't create that opening for it to come through so when it's telling me to do something and i'm like i don't want to do that and so i'm arguing with the intuition all day long and then finally it's like fine fine i'll do it right <laughs> but when but when it happens in my manifestation room there's no arguing the curtain opens the message is there i'm then out it's like a three second visit to the magic and miracles room it's literally walk up on stage opens there's the message okay remember that and that's what i've got to do in the real life now this technique was taught to me by it was a technique i combined from two different people one was a buddhist monk and one was a witch a good witch and i combined both of their techniques into this i did it for many many months until one day something that i was visualizing and creating in that space showed up in real life mm -hmm. and then i was all in okay yeah there was like it was now something that i will do for the rest of my life <laughs> it's not negotiable uh and that is how i start my day it's how i'm doing what i do now 
it was all created in that soul space. And I was did this transformation from forklift guy to worldwide energy healer. <laughs> and this is something you recorded for yourself, this meditation with it in these rooms? Is it something you recorded for yourself or the meditation, this guided place, or it's just where you're going with your imagination? It is a place that I created in my mind. Yeah. And every time I visit it, it grows in detail. And I might decorate it. I might add features to the to the room that wasn't there. So I've since added another two rooms since learning. So the witch taught me the framework of charge up your body, send out the energy, wait for the message. She gave me that structure. Mm. The monk gave me all the habits of too much to expect, just sit down and meditate. You gotta create a little ritual preparation to get you into the mode of meditation. Most people fail to meditate because they just sit, expect to sit down and meditate. Mm -hmm. Well, what have I done? I've woken up, I've ignored anything external, electronics, messages, notifications, I've washed off energy from the previous night, I've come in, I've moved my body, got all the wiggles out, I've activated all my meridians and switched on significant points in my body to get the energy flowing, lit a candle, and only then do I sit down and slip into my meditation. And it's usually the same time every day because it's the first part of my day. So there's a very strong habit that's created over doing this over a period of time. And then the day when things, when the thing that I'd been visualizing showed up in real life, I was all in and I started to desire and ask for a lot more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and really, really, really get the most out of that sucker. <laughs> yeah. uh, now I'm the opposite. Now I'm actually in a place where I want to be desireless. So I don't use that technique as much as I did before. I've, I've, I've hit all the goals that I wanted to achieve. So I kind of backed off on that. And now I'm just doing frequency stuff with the, with the chanting and, and counting off on, on beads. So I'm enjoying a different kind of meditation for where I am right now. Mm, wonderful. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your morning routine routine morning practice let's put it that way yeah <laughs> i actually recorded it I've, I've recorded it and shared it with quite a few people as just a, an audio uh, that framework and a lot more detail of how each room looks but just as a guide anyone can create whatever they want but the basic framework as uh, how i explained yeah wow. and it's um well that daily practice is what centers me, neutralizes all those sliders that get haywire out in the day. And, well, personally, that's what I do and that's, that's what works beautifully for me. And just being mindful of when I'm out and about setting a bubble, even working with clients, just setting a bubble, setting that layer of protection 
And trying to, I'm trying to think of, I, I know there's like so many other things I do, but that is a great place to start for anyone that's kind of on this journey and, and they don't know where to start. Start with a habit of a morning routine that puts you as priority. Yeah. You first. Yeah, and, and create a little bit of stillness. Some people are really scared to sit and do nothing because it means they've got to deal with stuff. And that's a pretty good sign that you've got trapped emotions. Yeah, it's when you're in this moment of silence. Not being, yeah. Don't make people yeah. yeah. busy all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the subconscious goes, oh, I see you're nice and relaxed right now. Well, how about this that you haven't dealt with? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> well, thank you. We have been talking for a while already. Let's wrap up. Uh, and um, can you share where people can find you? Uh, I will leave the link for this podcast of your website, but yep. maybe you are... I know you're on Facebook, are you on Instagram or how people can find you? Uh, just Facebook. I don't have the Insta. Didn't don't resonate with that one. Uh, or LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm kind of out of the business world now. Uh, so my website is painmagician.com. If you just want to take me up on 15-minute offer of, hey, meet a new person, see whether we click, uh, hit me up. You can click on a link there and just book it in. Uh, easy as that. So painmagician.com, that's my main website. On Facebook, I'm not doing a, a business page or anything. It's just my personal profile. So it's Tony Bryce Scott. And Anna, when you post this up, you can just tag me if you're putting it on Facebook. And most people that I meet just reach out to me on Facebook, just start a messenger chat. Hey, I heard your podcast with Anna and love to know more about what you do. And I'll be like, great, go to the website, book in a time, let's chat. Because <laughs> I don't like I don't like writing. I don't like the texting. So most of the time it'll be a voice recording, but really I just want to get you on a call because it's the next best thing to meeting someone in person. You know, if I can see your face and hear you, it's just a much better connection. And uh, it's, it's, it's what I lean towards. I lean towards just having a video chat with someone all the time. So yeah, website and uh, you'll see my name come up when Anna tags me in her post and I'll know it's live and you'll know it's me. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and wisdom and what you are doing in the world. And thank you for doing this amazing walk in the world. And oh, you don't have to thank me. I, I get to thank myself. I'm so grateful that this is what I get to do as a job. Like <laughs> I created it in my soul space and, and, and this is, this is where it's, where it's at. But you know, if anyone's, struggling or they're not sure whether they've got trapped emotions i do have videos on my facebook profile they can scroll back through my feed and and watch those they can test themselves but there's some basic things you get triggered easy or like the heart wall if you feel like you keep most people at arm's length 
or you feel like that outsider or distance from people, or maybe you're just like a zombie and you, you don't allow yourself to feel emotions. That's a really good sign. Perhaps you play past events over in your mind. There's like a record, the same thing, same thing, coming up, coming up. Maybe you're having nightmares, or maybe you've got some addictions that you just can't release. They're all signs that you've got stuff going on. And what a lot of people don't realize when they talk about that person pushed my buttons, most of those buttons are trapped emotions. Get rid of the trapped emotions, there's no more button for them to push. Yeah, it's something, it's always others are our perfect mirrors. They're just reflected back at us what we have internally not dealt with, not healed. Yeah. <laughs> the truth the truth hurts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for 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 being with me. <laughs> oh, it's it, it's a pleasure and you know if just one person gets something out of this it's it's worthwhile. That's how we're making a difference. Just one person at a time and you know I uh, fingers crossed that it's a lot more people than that. And I just wish for you and or anyone listening to this that you're also able to live an inspired life. And if you're not and you're not feeling it, it's a sign that something needs to change and it's most likely going to start with you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's end with this one. <laughs> yeah, thank you.